Welcome to Scripture Bros with Brandon and Sky, where we look to Scripture for all things. We set aside our opinions, we set aside our ideas, and we look to the Word of God for the answers in life. All right, man. Um, here we are. Scripture Bros, going to tackle Jesus' birth. Luke 1 tonight, leading Luke into one, Christmas. Yeah. Luke 2 next week. Yeah. Did you learn anything new in Luke 1? Uh, yeah. Because I remember you had said, like, it's kind of like a build-up, but... Yeah, it's... I don't want to say it was boring, because I unpacked a lot of stuff yeah. later on after I talked to you about that. Yeah. But when you're reading Luke 1 and you go to Luke 2, you're like, man, Luke 2 is so much better than Luke 1. It's like, like action-packed. Yeah, everything's going on in Luke 2, but there's a ton of stuff going on in Luke 1. It just seems kind of... It's not like uh, action-packed as Luke 2, I guess, Yeah, would be the way I would put it. I, uh, <clears throat> I probably... Don't share, <clears throat> excuse me, that exact sentiment. I like, I was so blown away with probably a lot of the uh, Old Testament stuff. So it's funny. Being correlated to. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. One, you know? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because the Lord guided me to, I was like, man, I read through it. So my typical study is, let me read through this just what it is yeah, and see what I can pick out from it. So I read through Luke one and I'm like, it's pretty straightforward. I'm like, I don't know. Like a lot of times we're looking for context clues and stuff like that to see like, what does this verse mean? And in the context of scripture and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But Luke one is um, just straightforward. And I was like, okay, well, Lord, what do you want me to read about? And uh, I was—I felt very urged by the Holy Spirit to look into the prophecies that were fulfilled yeah. from Old Testament to what Luke is describing. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's and, a big deal. And then I was like, I always like to get to know the author of, of the book. I mean, everybody knows Paul, genius, yeah. you know, anointed man of God. Yeah. Uh but then I was like, who is Luke? Right. And I was like, I've never asked that question. And I thought being a gospel that he was a disciple. I know. I think everyone thinks I that. I think so too. Yeah. I was like, I've always been taught that like yeah. the gospels are disciples. So then I get to study and it's like, nah, Luke was friends with Paul. Yeah. He was way, he was after Jesus's resurrection and everything, which I was kind of like, okay. And, uh, he was a doctor. So he's very, you know, intelligent man of the time, very yeah. well versed. Um, Paul referred to him as a beloved physician and a fellow laborer yeah. in Christ, which I thought was pretty, I mean, for someone like of Paul's stature to say he's a fellow laborer, I would say he's done. He only said that a few times, I think. Only a few. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like if you look at Paul's churches, he would call them saints mm -hmm. and uh, talk about their position in Christ. But I can only think of a few people that Paul specifically was like, right. This guy's, this guy's legit. He's all in. Right. He's all in. Um, so yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Now the, the, when you said about after the resurrection, I'm going to have some questions about that because 
well, we'll get to that when we get to that. But was there anything that when you were looking for uh, context clues for Luke, the person, did it help you understand the opening of Luke chapter one? Because the opening verses one through four can sometimes, well, nay, I would say a lot, a lot of times <laughs> be skimmed over, oh, you know, verses one through four, like, okay, Theophilus and okay, this, this and that. When you learned more about Luke, did that open your understanding of why he was writing this letter, who he was writing this letter to, what his angle on Jesus, why it would be a little different than maybe John or right. maybe Peter or something like yeah, that? Yeah, most, most definitely. Yeah. So, because I started reading it and I'm like, who is this Theophilus yeah. person, which nobody really knows who he is to yeah. this day. But uh, I, I read some interesting angles on that, too. Some people thought that maybe it was a Roman dignitary. I saw that. And then other theologians and historians think that it may have been like a slang term for the for people and like a group of people. Yeah. Uh, lovers of God. Yeah. Lovers. Yeah. I read that, too. Yeah. Um, and so I, th I thought that was pretty interesting. So before we dig in, let me just let me just lay out what. I found to be super helpful when when discovering Luke <clears throat> and add in whatever I don't cover. But I think these for us to understand Luke in its fullness, uh, we have to understand Luke. Right. I'm so glad we both went down Fair. this path. Okay. I think it's not even knowing. I think it's just Bro, I think it's uh it's what studiers do. I think so too. You know, over time, like I never started, I never did this stuff. Mm -mm. But when I started understanding hermeneutics and uh how to understand the Bible for not what we want it to be, but what it is. When when I kind of made that my goal in life, like, no, I'm not going to make this dance. I'm going to figure out who, what, why, where, and then see how it applies to right. me 2,000 years later, sometimes 4,000 years later, <laughs> depending on what, what book you're in. But um, the couple of things that really caught my eye that I either didn't know or wasn't kind of aware of, I knew Luke was a Gentile. I knew that. I learned that. I did okay. not know that. Yeah. I, knew I thought that was really interesting. I, yes. have, I have a note about that, actually. It's awesome. Um, he's actually the only Gentile to write any piece of the Bible. Right. That's crazy. I did read that, yes. So when you look at canonization of Scripture, and um, I hope this isn't considered fluff by our viewers because it's, it's background. It's important. It's, yeah. it's important. When you consider the canonization of the Scriptures and how we ended with 66, there was way more than that. There was right. way more than 66 offerings of scripture about Jesus and, right. um, you know, the Messiah and stuff like that. But during the councils that they had over time, they found that these 66 were the truest and the most reliable, right? So for Luke to be the only Gentile in the whole book of the Bible, we can sometimes think the Bible is for Gentiles and it's not, bro. This is a, this is a very Jewish Middle Eastern religion. Right. And for Luke to almost represent us in a way, right? Man, I how I, cool is that, right? Dude, like I connected with that so deeply because I almost pictured him with blonde hair and blue eyes. Like, <laughs> like I, I, who knows? I doubt it if he right. if he lived in the Roman province or wherever he was from. But you you almost get this idea of America or Gentile right. like us when you think of Luke. But before this, I didn't have that picture. Someone who was not raised a to be a rabbinical priest, yes, or somebody like that, hasn't been that passed just, down. Yeah, was, yeah. was just a normal guy. He was a who, believer, right? From just like us, right? He right. became a he believer was, through the good news, right? 
And I love that. Yeah. I think that's... So that makes and me really want to understand why he's writing this. Well, and and so that to me was like, okay, first of all, this guy's a doctor. So he's yeah. science-minded. Correct. Which... He is. Yeah. He would be, okay, whatever, whatever I'm taught is, you know, like a lot of people today who are science-minded... Uh, let me reverse that. A lot of non-believers today consider themselves science-minded. Correct. And that is what they think makes them more intelligent than, you know, we're what, all emotional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just emotionally driven. Yeah. We don't, we don't understand the smarter things. Yeah. I'm sure that's not a new concept. This is all objective. Right. Yeah. I'm sure that's not a new concept. No, not at all. I'm sure that Luke went through that as well. Yeah. And said you know what? I'm studied. I'm well-educated. Yeah. And I see this as the truth. I actually see it as the truth so much. And so importantly, I need to, I need to go and find people who actually witness this, mm, record point. their testimonies, and then write it all down for future history. That to me was like, this guy's like a genius level yes. in ancient times yeah. and says, this is important enough for me to write down and get correct. Yeah. Like I have to research to make sure that what I am going to write down is correct. So for him to be a doctor. Right. Right. Excuse me. For him to be a doctor and to write about a virgin becoming pregnant. Right. Not only that, but Zachariah and Elizabeth becoming pregnant. It, In their older age. Yeah. Um, infertile. Right. Infertile. He writes, they were infertile. Right. Um, it just, I... I can't wait to get in. So we're not even like cracking it yet, but I know. <laughs> so I hope that if anyone listening may think, oh man, Luke is boring. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> no, That's it's why not. I started with that. Like, No, it's freaking not at all, yeah. bro. It's amazing. And uh, he was a guy like us who believed, gave his whole life over because of belief. Right. Switch his mindset from factual, scientific based to now seeing the Messiah support his his beliefs, not right, not negate them, right. You know, he was like, "Oh snap!" So the uh, the other things, let me let me think if I let me see if I can remember. I wanted to just make sure everyone knew he was a Gentile physician, um, the only Gentile to record anything in the Bible. That's crazy. Um, he was uh, he wrote this Luke and Acts as one volume, right? Right. Well, a lot of a lot of Bibles would put it in one volume. So sometimes people disconnect the writer of Acts with the writer of Luke. And because people are like, Acts is so crazy. It's supercharged. It's so good. Well, that's the same guy who wrote this. Right. <laughs> so it's not like two different stories. Uh, Luke undertook the task to Theophilus, which we'll talk about in a second, overtook the task to explain to this people, this group of people, this person, and a, a complete account of Christianity. It's origin and the ending until he died. Right. And I think that's what we should all do. Verbal or nonverbal or I think that's I think that's the goal of a Christian is what Luke is doing here. Trying to help someone else who's new in the faith stand on it. Right. Put legs underneath their table so they're not wobbly. And and he says that in the opening in the opening stanza of verses one through four. Um was there anything else that you wanted to drop before we actually get into the text about Luke or about historical data. Okay, real quick. 
This is one of the earliest uh, Gospels yeah. written. Yep. Uh, uh, I think Mark was first. 58 to 65 yeah. AD. One of the earliest uh, Gospels written, and it was written before any of Paul's letters. Right. Uh, you know what? I'm not... What? Okay. I think maybe Thessalonians and James were written in the 50s. Maybe. They might be before. And that's but important. Very close. Very, very close. close. So that's important for us to know as we open up this that's chapter. That's important for us his, his, historicity yes correct as the word but he makes mention to that in his opening and i think it's good for us to know that yeah uh to to try and figure out why luke was writing this and the importance of what he wrote you know right Uh, this is a synoptic gospel which means he did take the same angle of a narrative like um matthew and mark did which was peter actually but he didn't, John is more of a personal, it's non-synoptic. Um, it's not, a, it's more of a personal account. This is more of a narrative. I'm telling you what I've heard or what I've seen right. and stuff like that. So um, it has the most detail I, about the birth yes. of the Messiah. Yeah, because there's, like, cho- there's only like two verses in Matthew that yeah. talk about, the, literally two verses in the beginning of Matthew that yeah. talk about the virgin birth, which... We'll get to that too. Yeah. So <laughs> you and I decided on Luke one, but we didn't decide on Luke one. We decided on the birth of Christ. Right. Right. And Christmas then, coming up, which Christmas, is when we celebrate. We yeah. as Christians, our main focus for Christmas should be: this is the birth of our Messiah. Yes. How amazing is this? Jesus is the reason for the season. <laughs> That's easy enough for you. Oh wow. Jesus is the reason for the season. Anyway, um, but it's true. It, it is true, and you and I wanted to discuss the birth of Jesus and the only book that really does it in super detail is Luke. Right. So that's why we chose this yeah. in case anyone is interested. Um, Real quick, I want to circle back to you ahead. mentioning the date that this was written and why that's important for historicity uh, for the listeners. Uh, so historicity is the how accurate something you're reading may be and why is it considered accurate. And it is because the people that he interviewed to write this were actual eyewitnesses to the account of Jesus's life. That's right. And so we know it can be accurate because it was only 20 years after his death. Correct. um, And an entire only 50 years after his life. Yes. So in, uh, in the context of actual history, that is like breaking news. It would be, <laughs> it would be similar to, and I wanted to touch on that as well because a lot of times people can uh, possibly disregard this because it's not eyewitness, right? Because the other gospels were and and stuff like that, and that's one of the reasons why Luke may not be mentioned among the apostles. Because he didn't have that eyewitness account right. of Jesus Christ, which is described in more detail. Don't don't hate don't spam me on the apostle talk. We're not doing that right now. <laughs> but anyway, so some people may be like, "Well, he wasn't even an eyewitness." And to your point, he was of someone else who was an right. eyewitness. So let's let's put it in context, just so people understand how true this is. And there's no need to disre- <clears throat> excuse me disregard anything that Luke wrote. It was because let's say. Um, my dad passed away and there was a, uh, someone who'd heard about my dad and all his great things that he did. 
who else would give a better account than an eyewitness to his whole life? Right. So yeah, he would come to me. That person would say, okay, you're his son. You were with him your whole life. Let me get everything I can from you and anyone else who might fit that mold. So although Luke was not an eyewitness, he was as close as you could be. Right. Closer than us. Yeah. Oh, way closer. Yeah. <laughs> closer than us. Yeah. Um, well, but, he, he corroborated stories too. Yeah. What do you mean so, by that? Um, so just like an investigator who, you know, maybe there's a murder. Uh, you go and you say, okay, who witnessed the murder? Yes. Okay, there was five witnesses. Uh, maybe a murder is not a good good no, scenario. No, I understand. But, but, but there's five witnesses. Yeah. You go to those five witnesses and you go, okay, separately, I want your story. I want your story. You yes. get all five stories and whatever facts are the most common amongst those five stories are more than likely 100% the truth. Right, no corroboration. Right. Yeah, those yeah. stories are all corroborated. As in, <laughs> maybe we need to no, figure out what, no collaboration collaboration yeah but this the stories corroborate corroborate <laughs> because the no facts weird. several of the facts are the same amongst different eyewitnesses so luke wrote about the commonalities right between all of his eyewitnesses right okay corroborated he, he said he said okay these five people gave me this fact i'm accepting that as 100 percent truth okay does that make sense yeah to me, that's pretty so, good. So it actually may be more accurate. It might be. Because there's no emotion involved. True. Than other gospels because they could have been, you know, because they were with Jesus. They could. And this is all pure speculation, yes. obviously. I would say, <laughs> I would say, um, I understand what you're saying. Gotcha. However. However. Dot, dot, dot. Everything is inspired. Right. By the Holy Spirit. I was, right? I okay. was getting there. All right. So, but it's cool that. A Gentile, not really an eyewitness account, right? But also in the canonized, it has to be accurate, right? We can we can read this with as much surety as any other book in the Bible, and I think it's a point Amen. we're trying to make. Yeah, that's you the point I'm making. All right, so let's dig in, man. So if it's okay with you, I was thinking about just reading the first four verses and yeah. discussing it. Yeah, is that cool? I'm cool with that. Um, was there anything else? That Are you in the NASB over there? I'm in the ESV. ESV. Oh, okay. here's one more thing that I thought was interesting. I don't know how super important it is necessarily, but Luke uh, took all of his Old Testament detail from the Septuagint. Um, if anyone is not familiar with what the Septuagint is, uh, before Jesus, they they translated the entire Old Testament into Greek. So they took it from Hebrew or... Um, Aramaic or, or whatever the script is per per, uh, per verse, and they translated it all into the Greek common language. And so that Old Testament in Greek is called the Septuagint. So Luke, when he's citing his Old Testament prof prophetic things, it's all from the Septuagint. Mm -hmm. I think that's important only because if you really nitpick certain things, you'll find that certain phrases or words don't 100% line up with maybe the Hebrew expression, but it's just because... He wasn't using the Hebrew expression. Right. He was using the transliterated version of the Septuagint. So just that's a, that's a good, point. Yeah. good point. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. Um, all right. So verse one. And we'll go as long as we can. Try to cap it at 45 minutes. Pick up next week where, where we left off. Right. Uh, we heard from the people and the people don't want 
three 45 minute <laughs> videos i understand they also yeah. don't want an hour and a half video right is what it is so we're gonna try to land this we're, plane we're somewhere. gonna try to land this plane <laughs> and give like enough to chew on and think about and get excited for what's next so right um i actually really enjoy the nasb version better but my study bible is esv so i'm gonna read nasb but use my study bible as like a reference um, where, where are you going to be reading from just for the audience? Uh, currently I'm in the NASB the 2020. The Passion? No, not You're the big passion. fan of the Passion? Okay, NASB, that's me too. I'm in the 20. All right, so since many have undertaken to compile an account of the things accomplished among us. That's amazing. Did we cover that? In about 19 sentences, he did it in one. Um, <laughs> that's, uh, that's brilliant. Just as they were handed down to us. That's huge to me. That's huge to me. So he, um, in my opinion, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. That is to your point that all he did was copy down what people said. Right. Like in, <clears throat> in trueness. This is not Luke's opinion. Correct. This is a, an account. And I think he uses that word on purpose, right? An account. If Paul chose him as a partner, you better believe he could handle deep conversations. Right. And he, could, oh, yeah, yeah. he could write things in, in a way that's understandable, but also carry very deep meanings. Yeah. Um, so that first two verses is basically what you and I discussed as the opening. For, it's, for 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it seemed fitting to me as well. I like that. Me too. <laughs> having in, having investigated, that's your word, right? We're just we're just breaking down. Having investigated everything carefully from beginning from the beginning to write it out for you in an orderly sequence, most excellent Theophilus, so that that's that's a a current favorite phrase for me in the Bible right now. So that I'm seeing it a lot from different teachings and studies. So that. You may know the exact truth about the things you have been taught. Freaking A, Luke. I love that, bro. Do you, can you like, okay, put yourself back in the 50s or the 60s, 80. Death was uh, imminent for Christians. It wasn't cute to be a Christian back then. I was going to make this point too. Okay. That make Luke, it. Luke is literally, as he's writing this, knows very well that as soon as this gets out, He's on the chopping block. Correct. Yeah. Like once these Romans find out and the Jews find out that I'm trying to spread the word of Christ. Right. My time is done. Yeah. And so for a very educated, well to do, it's, it's the same story as Paul, just a different writer. It's, what what it's, do you think that I'm, says about Luke's belief level? Oh, he was all in. No wavering, right? Right. All in. Oh my like, gosh. Anybody who takes a stance that I know for a fact that the words that are about to come out of my mouth are going to get me killed and I'm going to say them anyway. Yeah. Like you talk about standing on the word. Correct. <laughs> and then, you, you don't get much more firm than that. No. And then he says in first four, so that, so he's doing all this stuff. He took however many years it took to, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't. I didn't really find that, that either, part. but yeah. I didn't. So let's just say it took a year. I don't know, maybe more to get all of these eyewitness accounts to put it all in, uh, you know, directed by the Holy Spirit to put here, there and that there and whatever. 
however long that took, he did it all for this person or this group of people that titled Theophilus. And here's, um, you remember in, in college, you used to have to write like theses, papers? Oh, well, sad note. I didn't actually go to college. Okay. So I didn't, I'm just a dumb country boy. <laughs> I didn't finish college, but I did go. And you have, you know, I you, understand what a thesis okay. paper is though. You have to like, what's the mission? Or, okay. Corporate right. there's, America. Three, there's three parts to it. You there's have to a mission like, statement, you, you know, know this I mean? is the mission. This is what I'm attempting to accomplish by Correct. writing this. The this purpose. is the point I'm trying yes. to make by writing this. And I, I think, and I stand by my point. Yes. And I think that's what you're about. The point you're about to make with this. Correct. I think if someone thinks the gospel of Luke is some nativity scene, uh, <laughs> Christmas light, um, little, I don't know. I don't even know how to, if someone thinks Luke is the gospel to, to make Christmas pretty. No, no, I, I don't think so. I think this, this is, is a, a man risking his life, signing his death warrant. Yes. Yeah. Risking his life to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And he's so particular and he's so smart that he wants to cover from the very beginning until as far as he possibly can. Right. And not only that, the reason he's doing it, verse four, is to help someone else stand in that same confidence. Right. Come on, man. Like, shouldn't we be doing that more? 100%. Is that what we're doing here? I think so. I, I think so. I think so. I think that's what we're doing here. Yeah. It's saying, listen, you can be more stable in your faith. You don't have to waver. You don't have to be hot one day and cold the next day. You, you don't have to do that. There's plenty of evidence. There's plenty of supporting information that we can share with you and Luke can share with Theophilus to help him go from a believer to a firm believer. Um, SD card full. Cool. Okay. I guess we just keep rolling. So um, anyway, I love that. That's kind of like the mission statement for Luke so that Theophilus can stand strong on his newfound belief right that's beautiful that's that's like uh in my opinion someone who raises their hand for salvation at a church and someone gives them a hug and says god loves you and then calls them the next day the, ne the very hey, next day hey um i wanted to walk with you on this can you meet with me three times a week so that we can read scripture and discuss scripture and because that seed that gets planted doesn't always produce harvest no. Look, I mean, look at the look at the parable of the soils. You remember? Oh, um, this okay. is a good one. Look at the I, parable of the soils, and there's a lot of things that pop up. There's a lot of people that hear this and they want it, and then uh, the parables tell us that it doesn't always stick, and it maybe very rarely sticks. And really, if you come if you come by someone who just shot up a harvest of the gospel, yes. I can see it. I want that. If we don't come by and help cultivate that as fellow believers, there's a very good chance they don't stay. Very good chance. And I'm not trying to discuss like uh, Calvinism, once saved, always. I'm not trying to discuss that. I'm just saying in the principleness of discipleship and Christian community, if we leave someone hanging out to dry without helping them, they're not as strong as if we come alongside them. And I right. think that's what Luke's doing with whoever Theophilus is. Yeah. Do you think that's true? I 100% okay. think that's true. Yeah, I think we need that. And I don't I, want to go off on the side tangent, but I have a lot to say about the parables okay. of the seeds. Okay, that's maybe. <laughs> but that, that'll be a different episode. All right. But um, it's important for us to help each other. I completely agree. 
old believers the analogy given in that parable if you just think about it in common day terms yeah if you were to go and put a seed in your yard and then completely forget about it never go check on it nothing never are you going to get anything out of that it might shoot up quickly it might and then die and then what's going to happen it's going to die who knows maybe it'll produce a flower and produce fruit yeah but if you go out there and you know, you go, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to dig out this little spot for the seed. I'm going to plant the seed. As soon as I see a sprout, I'm going to start watering it every day. I'm going to come out here and pull the weeds away from it that are trying to attack it. Yeah. What kind of harvest are you going to get out of that? Probably more. And I just think that's what we're called to do. I agree. I think Luke is setting an example in these first four verses of Christian community and discipleship. Hey, I heard that y'all heard about the Messiah. And I want you to, to know more. And he even says right here, um, an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. That's beautiful. I want to do that for people. Right. You know? I do, yeah. I want someone who's like, I love Jesus so much. I just don't get it. I got you. I got you. Come on. Yeah, let's go. Let's talk. I want yeah. you to have certainty, bro. I don't want you to waver. I don't want you to run away when things get tough. I don't want your house to be built on sand. I, want I don't you to have ever certainty. want you to be that person sitting in a church that when they do an altar call and says, if you want to rededicate your life to Christ, no, you don't need to raise wow, your wow. hand because somebody came alongside you and yeah, bro. you have strong roots and you don't, you don't have to rededicate your life because you know. Yeah. And Luke's doing that for him. Right. Now, do you want to discuss your thoughts on who Theophilus might be? Or did I, you think, already? I think we covered it okay. in the intro. I don't. So there's competing. I yeah, I couldn't find much on it other than. There's competing ideas. Um, a very studied person like John MacArthur says there's two options. Uh, there is a Roman citadel or a Roman uh, dignitary. Dignitary. I right? read that too. Yeah. That is a believer in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. But you got to think about this time period. They didn't have email or t- phone no, right. or text. You know what I mean? He heard, he heard from someone verbally telling them, and he's like, "That sounds good. That's what I want." And um, Luke is apparently aware of this. Uh, someone had mentioned that Luke and this person Theophilus were in crossing because Luke was in Rome when he wrote this. That's what a lot of people think. He was in Rome when he wrote this. He came into contact with someone named Theophilus. And he wanted to give them supporting information that um, could help them stand firm in their faith. Or it could be, if you break down the Greek, Theo is God. Phila, phyla love. is love. Uh, and then plural is the S on the end. I believe I might be wrong. But a lot of people think that could also mean lovers of God. So it could be a church of Christians that Luke's trying to support. Either way, doesn't matter. Luke's trying to support them and love on them. Right. As we should all do. Not have faith to ourselves by ourselves community. Right. You know that Paul <laughs> Paul like harps on this in Ephesians. He harps on this. The whole book is about these living stones coming together to make the temple of God, the house of God. And if we as believers, I've been convicted of this lately. So maybe this is my Oprah moment, but <laughs> if we as believers focus on our differences rather than our commonalities we're not going to go very far bro but if we can come together and say okay i understand that you might think that jesus um 
had long hair. And you're like, no way he could have long hair. Guys don't have long hair. Okay, whatever, bro. Come here, man. Right. Do you love Jesus? Okay, let's focus on that. Right. And and Paul harps on that all the time. And Luke, I think, is what he's doing. The only thing we know about Theophilus is he believed. That's it. Right. We don't know what his beliefs were necessarily, but it was about the gospel. We don't know if he drunk alcohol or if he cut his hair or if he had slaves or didn't. We don't know that. All we know is he was a believer and Luke wanted to support that. Right. And I love you, Luke. If you can hear me from heaven, <laughs> you're awesome, bro. Okay. You want to go? I uh, can't hear you over holy, holy, holy. Yeah, right. So five through, we might only be able to cover this next section of, <laughs> of uh, Zechariah, Elizabeth, um, John the Baptist. Do you want to touch on that real quick? That's verses five through 25. Yeah, in case a, anyone wants to know for reference. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. That's what I'm saying. I'm not sure. Maybe we took too long on the intro, but it's it's important. It's all important. Now we right? can cook if you want. Yeah. Um, I'm super nitpicky on these things, bro. Like every word means something to me. So I can be very, I can be bad for a podcast, I think, because it might take me three hours. Yeah. <laughs> it might take me three hours for something you could say in 20 minutes, but that's okay. So in the days, I'm going to read it and then you stop me when you want to interject, say something. Is that cool? Now, keep in mind, this is Luke. He's done with his opening and now he's getting into it. Right. Into the account of, of this Messiah. Right. And he starts all the way back to in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Bro. Bro. Old and busted. Bro. <laughs> so you know what? You know what struck me here? Just like a freaking cast iron on my head. How can we tell people? That everything is going to be good in life. When Elizabeth and Elizabeth and Zechariah were both from the priestly line of the Levites and considered righteous in the eyes of Yahweh and kept every commandment right. How can we say right. that's not the remedy for success? It is. It is. Right. We tell people, if you do that lifestyle, blessing upon blessing upon but Luke says um, they couldn't have a kid because she was barren, bro. That's not a blessing. Right. How do we rectify? Like, when, when the Bible says every child is a blessing from God. Yeah. How do you, can you imagine um, Zechariah and Elizabeth, let's say they're 80 years old at this point, trying for maybe 65 years to have a son. You know how important it was to have a lineage passed down. You know how important it was. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine uh, keeping every commandment in spite of nothing good, in spite of 65 years of not being heard by the Lord? Lord, please give me a son. Please give me a son. Please bless my womb. It's infertile. I need to have a son. In spite of all that, keeping every commandment for 65 years and being found righteous? Man, you want to talk about faith. I can hardly keep commandments for 65 seconds. <laughs> Bro, you want to talk about 
faith that God's looking for. That's what he's looking for, dude. Mm -hmm. A faith that says, I don't get what I want all the time, but you're worth it, God. You know best, God. It's all about you, God. Yes, I'm infertile. Yes, I haven't got this job. Yes, I haven't got this child. Yes, I'm broke. Or yes, I have this illness. Or yes, you can do all those things. But God, I don't care. Even if you don't, you're still going to have my faith. Man. Bro, I was like in tears over this. Because it, it brought me back to Abraham. All the great men of the faith. Abraham yeah. took his son, placed him on the altar, grabbed the dagger. His, his son that was born after they went through the same thing. They did. They did. And it was his only son. His only lineage passer. He had Ishmael, but he wasn't a lineage passer. Right. He had Isaac, the promised one that all of the nations were going to be blessed by. And Abraham, out of faith, was going to sacrifice his son. And the writer of Romans, Paul, or it could be Hebrew in the in the Hebrews in the faith chapter. I'm not quite sure. Look it up. But one of the writers of the Bible says, faith as soon Abraham, as they get the considered that if God, God, aren't you supposed to bless son? me? Why aren't you blessing me? This curse is on me. It's so funny. God, I'm, it's, I've been keeping all it. No, you it's haven't, It's so bro. funny you bring that up. Get out of here, dude. Do you have faith in him or what he can do? It's funny you bring that up because, you, I, I mean, the viewers don't know this, but I had the flu last week, right? You did, yeah. That's why we didn't that's record why we didn't last record week. Last week I had the flu. Week. <laughs> huh? It's almost like we knew you were going to be sick, so we recorded three, right? Just yeah. to keep people busy. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Um, but um, so two of those days that I had the flu, I'm laying in bed with 102.8 degree fever. Like that's that's that that's makes you feel pretty rough, right? Yeah. I mean, um, and I'm just laying there, and I'm like. The medicine I'm taking isn't helping. Nothing's helping this fever. I feel terrible. You know, I'm not vomiting or anything like that, but I still feel like crap because it's the flu, right? Yeah. Can't breathe. I'm all congested. And I'm laying in bed and I'm just like, thank you, Lord, that my family is getting over the sickness. Thank you for the provision to where I don't have to worry about income while I'm sick because I have you're providing for us and just continually thanking him for the things that I, he has done for me already. Yeah. Not thanking him in the future for, Oh, thank you for, you know, healing me. Cause I'm going to feel better in a few days. No, just thanking him for the things that he is tangibly giving me on top of his sacrifice. And in that moment, I was actually, I like, I fell asleep thanking him. And sleep was like one of the hardest things to get while I had the yeah. flu, right? Amen. So like these, I I don't know. I don't understand the faith wavering because it's like raining outside, you know, like, or yeah. I got a cold. Lord, why did you let me get sick? No, I mean, there's things in life that just happen. Yeah. People get sick. And is it faith saying, uh, God, I would like you to please remove the sickness. I know you can. If it's your but will, if you don't, bro, like uh, big deal, bust, like get right. out of here, dude. I mean, no. Um, if we're gonna be people who will die for this, we got to be people um, who will live for this too, <laughs> right? Not just, right. not just only live when it's right and then it's right. good in our eyes. We got to be like Zechariah and Elizabeth, who for sixty some odd years kept the commandments even though their promises weren't met. Alexa, thank my Amazon driver. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably oh it's my Nespresso <laughs> you and your coffee <laughs> um, 
anyway, so this is this was monumental for me because a lot of times if we're not familiar with the whole Bible, we'll miss stuff like this mm-hmm. because the covenant that Jesus brought was the same covenant that it started with. And that was faith. <laughs> it was right. faith and it's all about faith and it will always be about faith. And if we can be a people who trust the Lord and have faith in the Lord, then we can rest in him. And we can say, come hell, come high water. It don't matter. He, he's my God. I'm in his control. Whatever he wants goes. And we ask him and we, and we plead, Lord, I would love a child. Please, you know my heart. I would love a child. Um, let me tell you a quick story. This is going to sound dumb, but it is what it is. So probably like a year ago, I was asking the Lord to help me get a super large SUV. Uh, we carry a lot of kids around for youth. I love that Cadillac style cruising, bro. I'm not a sports car kind of person. I like to just chill, put that thing on 75 and cruise. That's, that's kind of, and I wanted all the leather action. You're six, four. Exactly. (laughs) Spinning on those deuces. (laughs) (laughs) Spinning on dubs. Yeah. Anyway, I, I mean, that was kind of how I grew up was being that. Those are the kind of cars I liked. But so anyway, I was just like, Lord, here's my desire. And I just gave it to him. Here's my desire. I would love that. It's not like going to break me if I don't get it. I would love that. But, um, and I wanted it all leather and I wanted all black tint windowed out, like tinted windows. I just, I had in my mind a certain vehicle that I wanted. Sure. And um, like six months later, my friends had that same exact thing. And they gave me a price that was so low, I could not pass it up. And so now I have that desire that I gave to the Lord a year ago. He didn't do it right then, but I didn't, I also didn't lose my faith because I didn't get it. Right. You know, uh, yeah. I said, Lord, here's my desire, whatever you want to do with it. I just want to let you know, here's what it is. So the Lord answers prayers, bro, but it all, it's not in our timing. In his will and his timing. Yeah, it's not in our timing, dude. Right. Um, and I think that's what a big part from this that I took away is if someone is listening to us and you haven't gotten your child, you haven't gotten your car, you haven't gotten your money, you haven't gotten your health, you haven't gotten your... Like, just keep on, man, right? He's worth it and he's faithful. Just keep on, just hang on. Like, do not be that person who ran away because your expectations weren't met. Right. Change your expectations. Don't change him. <laughs> change yeah. your expectations, yours, right. not his. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you want to move I, on? It, it, I was going to say, it's really a look in the mirror Yeah. and see... Like you were saying, what what do your expectations look like compared to the will of God? Yeah. And if you can't compare the two, read your Bible more. Right. And the will of God is not blessed and highly favored. No. That is a scripture. We are blessed and highly favored, but not based on um, TikTok's version of blessed and highly favored. Right. We can't do that, dude. Um, they didn't do that. Zechariah and Elizabeth didn't do that. They said, great are you, Lord? No. Great were you then. Great will you will be. And I don't care if I don't we, have my child. I still serve you. We haven't gotten to it yet, but Zechariah was considered righteous and still doubted the Lord. Yeah, well, yeah that's and next. And got, that's, that's got next. punished for it. That's, <laughs> that's next. Um, before we move into that text... I want to nice just segue there. <laughs> one last thing I want to touch on is the barren part. 
In case anyone isn't aware, there's a theme of barren women all throughout the Old Testament. Very New much Testament so. Too. Even now, how many people, if you just think, obviously don't name them, but if you just think of how many women have had trouble conceiving, uh, lots, right? I mean, haven't you heard? My, my daughter is a miracle child. Okay. Took a long time? It was um, it, like IV stuff? No, no, no. No, all natural. Yeah. That's why she's a miracle. Yeah. Um, my wife has had numerous surgeries. Uh, doctors told her, you need a hysterectomy. There's no way you're ever going to have a child. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, I refuse. My God is bigger than your diagnosis. And um, she actually had one of the number one doctors in the world for her condition say she was the rarest case that she's ever had. Mm. Um, there was no way she would ever get pregnant. The damage was done. There was nothing she could do. And um, after her last surgery, we tried as soon as physically possible. And nine months later, our daughter was born. That's what's up. Praise God. Amen. But that's amazing. I don't want to discredit that. That is amazing. Right. But you you do see the barrenness of women. Right. It's all throughout history. Uh, and, and it's all throughout history in the Bible, as well as currently. I can think of three or four women who took years to have mm -hmm. a child or 10 miscarriages or five miscarriages. Just I've heard numerous. Yeah. yeah I hear, uh, you hear stories about that all the time. Conceiving. What's crazy is it's, it happens more often than you know about. Yes. So here's what I want to touch on just real quick. And then when did we start, bro? I have no clue. Okay, well, we can finish this next section, and then uh, it's a long one. Whatever. It is what it is. It's too important not to cover. Right. Do you remember in Scripture anywhere else where God told women they would have an issue with childbirth? It's all over the Old Testament. Do you remember when it started? Well, at the fall, it did yeah. start. At the fall. Okay, <laughs> he told Eve, "You, you, well, I, you hit me with these questions that I think are trick questions, and I never know. They're not. Like, they're not. They're just things like, that people don't connect the dots on. Okay, so let me just read to you Genesis three sixteen. This is where he tells her that you're going to have labor pains, and it does going to be. Yeah, but a lot of people don't read this whole thing, bro. Like, uh, this is the punishment to the woman, right? After the fall, right? Uh, the Lord is handing out. Not, not like there are not consequences wrath, but just, of, right. of the fall, of, of getting outside of that perfect element of the garden. Okay, these are what you're going to experience now because you're not in my perfect place where I made for you. Anyway, so this is him talking to the woman. To the woman, he said, I will greatly, <clears throat> excuse me, multiply your pain in childbirth. We all know that one. I've heard so many people like when women are giving birth. Well, if, if you wouldn't have... You know, if Eve wouldn't have eaten the yeah, apple. If Eve wouldn't have eaten the apple, it wouldn't hurt like that. And like, okay. Excuse me. Let's just let's just say that's true. What about this next part? In pain you shall deliver children. You think that's two things? That's redundant? It's not redundant. If you look in the Hebrew, which I do on occasion, <laughs> um, to the woman he said, Greatly I will multiply your Isabon. Okay. That's the word for pain. And it means um, hardship, toil, labor, pain, right? Um, 
it means uh, basically like it's hard. And, right. and that's where we get the expression that women have pain during childbirth, right? But the second time he says it, it's not the same word. That pain that he says twice to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your Isabon pain. In childbirth, Eseb, with Eseb, you will bring forth children. Eseb. Now, different word, different meaning. Why is that a different meaning? Here's why. Eseb means sorrow. It doesn't really mean pain, like physical sure. pain. It means like... It's an emotional pain. Yes. It means like these women were going to have such a hard time bringing forth children that it was going to wear on them emotionally. Have you ever met someone who's had a miscarriage, bro? Mm. Wrecks them. Right. For a long time. Sometimes forever. Have you ever met people who struggle to get pregnant? <clears throat> they get married. They had this idea. Within three years, we're going to have our first kid and, we're, and it doesn't happen. Um, it wrecks them. Elizabeth was barren her whole life, maybe 80 years at this point. And she still was faith faithful. Come on, dude. Man, I want to be like that. Right. Me too. I'd like to say I am like that, but I'm not. No. I'm not. I'm just, I'm not, bro. Um, but I'm so glad that I keep getting up every time I fall. I think that's the test. How long do you stay down and... Is it quicker than it was before? Do you get back up? And man, I want to be like Zechariah and Elizabeth, dude. I want to be able to go 65 years holding on to this promise that I want so bad. But God saying, not now, not now. It's not timing. It's not my will. And me say, okay, Lord, I'm going to keep asking, but your will, not mine. Man, I want to be like that. Anyway, that's the, that's the only thing I wanted to touch on there about the barrenness. The reason it's common is because it was part of the as part of the uh, punishment in the fall. Right. That's why it will continue to happen. Right. No, like, it will always be a thing. Yeah. And it's interesting how uh, things in scripture are never solved by science. Right. Well, they got the in vitro stuff that's trying to. Yeah, but it but doesn't. It's not 100%. It's not, it's not even close to 100%. Yeah. It's not 100%. There's a huge debate about Christians and in vitro anyway. I so. know. I know. <laughs> I have a very good friend who, he's a scholar, bro. He's... Just finished his master's degree in divinity and brilliant mind. And he did a large study on this because they couldn't have kids at all. They could not have kids to save their life. And he was able to uh, reckon that it was okay based on these certain things. And if we ever go down that way, maybe I'll have him on and get him to educate us on what he found. Yeah. That'd be really cool. I think it'd be good for believers. Yeah. He decided that it was okay for him and his family to go down that route, but not certain routes. Right. He would he would go down certain routes that he felt were biblically okay. And then there's other ones that he was like, I can't do that. Right. So maybe um, if he is listening, I won't say his name just because I don't want to give up who he is. But maybe he'll come on. Who knows? He's a very busy guy. And he's not um, as cool as me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, let's go on verse 8. Are you good with verse 1 through yep. 7 at this point? Yep. Okay. Now... So we just got done talking about their faithfulness. Now, and her being barren, now, while he was serving as priest, still doing his thing before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. For what I studied, this was about once every two years, excuse me, twice a year. 
Right. I, I read the same year. thing, yeah. Um, and the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him on uh, an angel, which a lot of scholars believe was Gabriel. Gabriel, yeah. yes. And um, standing on the right side of the altar of incense, which a lot of people believe to be the favored side. The right side of, like, if you think of Jesus, sits on the right, right side of God's of the th- uh, throne. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, and Zechariah was troubled. The, NA- the NASB says fear, fear gripped, gripped him. him. Yep. I love that. I think maybe you should stick with NASB and I'll stick with ESV and we'll, <laughs> because the NASB, for those of y'all who don't uh, study, study, like make it a practice of digging in. If you want to, I highly recommend NASB because not only is it deemed to be the most accurate, it's also somewhat easy to understand more than like the King James version. And also I've been seeing the Amplified is, is similar like that too. Mm-hmm. It gives you more detail and mm-hmm. it helps you understand rightly. So uh, big ups to NASB and AMP and ESV, not to passion. Anyway, um, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but the angels... Oh, okay, I have to... This is ahead. a little side note. Side note. The, the passion translation is... You know, abbreviated TPT. It makes me think of toilet paper every time I see it. And I'm like, well, that's, that's about as useful as it yeah, is. So that's, that's happening. <laughs> um, I feel like I should make a disclaimer <laughs> on behalf of, because someone's going to clip that possibly and come after us. Yeah. Yeah. That's just how we feel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry if the truth hurts. We, we've studied the translations, bro. Like I've spent hours hours because i want my kids to read stuff and i know that it's hard to have a kid read uh right. the king james or the nasb even and and we we teach we're very involved in our youth program and um we don't want them to not want to read because it's hard to read so we did a huge study on which bible was accurate and inaccurate and almost heretical in a way and it, it turns out that the passion is not great so it's not great. I have it's human of, inter- interpretation. Right. I have a ton of respect for a gentleman by the name of Wesley Huff. Okay. Um, he did a Bible translation philosophies uh, meme that I keep in my phone for people who want like to question this. It's a chart. Okay. Yes. Um, and so in the chart, I have it pulled up right here. Uh, formal equivalence, which is the word for word translation from the Septuagint. I can't say Septuagint. Easy for you to say. Yeah, no, it's not. Septuagint? Yeah, Septuagint. There we go. Uh, But like the most word for word is interlinear. Then the NASB, uh, you get the second part of the chart is dynamic equivalence, which is thought for thought. Uh, ESV is right before it turns into that. Yes. That is then. ESV is the most readable word for word. Word for word. Translation. Correct. Yeah. Dynamic equivalents, thought for thought, are things such as like CSB, NIV, NLT. Then you get over to paraphrases. Yes, which are dangerous. Uh, which are dangerous. Dangerous. Uh, the message translation. <laughs> this is kind of separated into two parts on his chart. It's um, Then there's, under paraphrases, there's sectarian translations. Mm, that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, with this he has a note that uh, i you won't be able to see i wouldn't be able to show it on the camera but it it is like 
it looks like the nuclear symbol. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> it says, in many ways, translations like TPT or the Mirror Bible hmm. are more problematic than even the sectarian translation of the NWT. Isn't NWT New, New World Translation? Um, Isn't that Jehovah's Witness Bible? That That is a good possibility. Bro, I got to look that up. Because if they're saying that's worse than the Jehovah's Witness Bible, oh my gosh. Uh, yes, it is what the Jehovah's Witnesses. Yes. Uh, the New World Translation of the Holy Scriptures is a translation of the Bible published by the Watchtower Bible and Tract yeah, Society. Bro. It is used and distributed by Jehovah's Witnesses. Yeah, and they edit so their Wesley, own Bible. Wesley Huff, yes. who is a very scholared theologian, who has, I mean, this is his study, says that the, the passion is more dangerous yes. to Christianity than a than false religion. A false religion yeah. sect that pretends that they're, that they're Christian. So just put it this way. <laughs> Jehovah's Witness. Stop reading the passions. Yes. Just Je put it that way. <laughs> Jehovah's Witness, they edit the Bible and input whatever they want to make it right. fit their religion. It's a false religion. It is. But they, they masquerade it as a Bible. Okay. If you haven't studied it, just take a look. Um, they have certain things that are true in our Bible, but the big things, bro, that they want Jehovah's Witness to be um, it's propagated. It's it's propaganda. Right. And this guy's saying the passion is worse because just for a little bit of background, the gentleman who wrote the passion is his own idea of the Bible. He is translating the Bible on his own merit without right. any board of, right. of scholars to rebuke him. Right. He's just basically like on, on his voice notes on his, <laughs> on his phone. And he's like, right. Yeah. Luke was probably like, crazy i don't know it doesn't seem right to me and then putting it into print yeah, he's like uh you know nobody really knows who this philophilus guy yeah. is uh so stick if, so if just you ignore have, that part <laughs> if uh but but you know seriously if if someone is uh wants to read the bible and they're intimidated by the king james i understand i got you uh csb is pretty good yeah, CSB is not bad. Read. Even this says that CSB is not stick, bad. I would shy away from NA, NIV and anything more liberal than that. Right. NIV took out genders from their Bible. There's no more he's and she's. And, and the Bible is, it's important to that have is genders. Important. Right. So be careful. Uh, CSB, NLT is easy to read and it's it's pretty good. But um, NASB, ESV, those are our favorites. AMP. Right. Um, okay. I think that we're running out of time, bro. I think so too. Do you want to stop there? Uh, because next we're going to talk about, um, or do you want to go? All, do you want to go to seventeen and stop? Okay, so we're going to finish the next couple of verses and then call it a night. We're going to wrap up. So far, the theme that I think that we're covering is be faithful no matter what. That's what we're seeing so far. Right. Um, you can be righteous and still not get what you want, <laughs> and that's okay, man. That's okay. All right, so. The Lord knows better. Yes, but he does. So in uh, Zechariah was troubled. And uh, we we left off on where it said, the NASB says, the and fear gripped him. Right. And, uh, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Side note, have you ever seen biblical representations of an actual angel? <laughs> yes, they're terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. They, they're not little cherub fat babies with yes. wings. <laughs> 
Yeah, they, uh, they have I a mean, million eyes on yes, them. And... Terrified. Six <laughs> wings and who knows how tall, like absolutely terrifying. So I don't think that this is like a fear of um, maybe, I think it's a fear of like, can, if you saw an angel like that, you would be fearful too. Like, yo, what the heck? What right. is this thing? It's so, not a fear as in many verses say, fear the Lord as in I respect the Lord. Yes. Um, it is an actual, I think this is an actual, oh my gosh, this thing could destroy me. Correct. What is this talking to me? Type yeah, fear? I, I did a little, I did a little Greek word study on that earlier today. I think it's the same word that's used in different ways. And fear of the Lord is one of them where we're supposed to respect and have reverence. This wasn't really that. This was it's like you said, this right, was like, yeah. yo, this, what is this thing? <laughs> like, why does it have so many eyes? Why are you looking at me like that? Um, but the angel said to him, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Amen. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. Amen. And you shall call his name John. And John actually means uh, Yahweh as a witness, I believe. Yahweh as a witness. Um, I'd have to double check that. I know Zechariah means something like Yahweh is, don't don't quote me on that. I should have wrote that down. But I believe Yahweh, the, the reason he wanted him to be named John, because John was not a lineage name for them. No, and that was very huge. Yes. Like they, you should said. have named Zechariah right. or something like that. So the angel said, name him John. And you can, John, what it's, the heck? It's even mentioned later that when she gives birth and they ask for the name, the people were like, it's not even a lineage. Yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah. And I believe if you look it up, I encourage you to, don't just trust me. I believe it's called Yahweh is coming or Yahweh is here. Some, it fit his name because of what John the Baptist was going to do. Right. You know? So that's just something to keep in mind. In verse 14, and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the lord and he must not drink wine or strong drink he was a nazarite and he will be filled with the holy spirit even from his mother's womb i don't understand that i've tried i've tried i've tried i know that if you bounce forward a little bit he will bounce when he meets the savior when he when he meets his cousin in, in Mary's belly and Elizabeth's belly, and he he bounces and he leaps. And I understand that's when they say he was filled. I don't understand how that's possible. Or if we should even say that that's a standard, like can babies be filled with the Holy Spirit in the mother's womb? Or is this just one, is this just one of those things where we put in the nominal category? I think it's a nominal thing. Kind of like a donkey talked. Right. Spoke or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, I think there's purpose for this. Yeah. Um. Because later on, when Elizabeth meets Mary, the baby jumps. John yeah. the Baptist jumps in yeah. her womb. Yeah. And she is filled with the Holy Spirit Amen. and says, You're pregnant. Yeah. Now, Mary had told no one she at that prophesied. point. Yeah. Right. Well, that would be prophecy. That would be word of knowledge. Right. She, she, Mary was still keeping it a secret that she was pregnant with Jesus. Yeah. Um, because she has not started to show yet. Right. Or anything like that. So um, I think pure speculation, this is God's way of confirming. I mean, let's be honest. He knew Luke was going to sit down and write this. 
Yeah. He knew there needed to be confirmation. And who knows, maybe it was a, maybe it was a, uh, it built faith in Mary. Yeah. And this was the angel talking, right? Right. He was telling him of the future events. Right. It could have been a faith builder for Zechariah when he saw that happen. Right. He's like, oh, that's what the angel said. Right. Another confirmation. Could have been. Maybe. I'm cool with that. I don't pure, think pure speculation. Yeah, I don't think there's I mean, anything wrong with that. But it, it has come to my attention how many things the angel tells Zechariah is going to happen. Don't drink wine, nor liquor in some translations, but this says strong drink. Um, he will... You have joy and gladness. Many will rejoice at his birth. Verse 16, he will turn many of the children of Israel to their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. I've heard that preached so many times. Prosperity minded. I really have. Hmm. Let's just all go forth in the in the spirit and the power of Elijah. And I think that that is... Uh, possibly misrepresenting this scripture. I completely agree with you. Because from what I was able to find, we could easily just say, and he will go before him um, like Elijah did. Right. You know, Elijah was like a um, an evangelist and Elijah was bold and Elijah lived in the desert and he didn't conform, you know? And he was... Yeah, was I did a, a little study on John the Baptist while I was reading this too. And, yeah. and that was very much his his kind of like, he was a wilderness outdoor type. Yeah. Um, could survive, you know, without the society at the time type yeah. thing, you know. And this is sometimes where the spirit talk gets very, oh, you got the spirit of something on you. Oh, you got the spirit of Elijah. Like, well, I don't think so. I think it's like, the likeness of Elijah. Right. Oh, you remind me of Elijah. The spirit, like the, the, uh, you know, like it smells like, oh, should I, <laughs> I was going to do an Arvana reference. Um, smells like teen spirit. I don't know. Um, or the spirit of Christmas. You know, like November 1st this year, man, we went, we went Christmas. Like early. October 1st this yeah, year for most people. <laughs> we went, we went, we were all looking for Christmas this year, I think. But that's the spirit of Christmas. Right. It's not like it. There's a spirit of Christmas, if you can see me. It's like a uh, a likeness. It, it, it's like a mood. It's like an atmosphere. Right. Right. Of Christmas. So I think when people say, or or when Gabriel was saying, he will go forth in the spirit and light or and power of Elijah. That to me was like he will. You know about Elijah, Zechariah. Right. You know what Elijah was like. That's how your son's gonna be. Watch out. Right. Be ready. <laughs> yeah. Your son is going to like blaze trails, dog. Your son is going to be like a nomad and calling out fire from heaven and walking in this boldness of, of, of Yahweh, God. And I don't think that there is a spirit of Elijah or a power of Elijah. I think it's all God, only God. And uh, he was just going to be like Elijah. What do right. you think about that? I completely agree okay. with you. Yeah, 100%. And here's the mission of John the Baptist. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. That's interesting. To turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. What do you think it means, the hearts of the fathers to the children? I'm stuck on the fact that 
and the NSAB, it's all caps. Oh, okay. I remember now. Thank you for saying that. Come on, MacArthur. If John MacArthur, if you can hear me, bro, <laughs> we should have red letters in your ESV study Bible, and we should have uh, previous prophecies capitalized. That's super helpful because that is a prophecy oh, that yeah, Isaiah yeah. says in seven fourteen. Yes, I will send. Yeah, I have that notated. Someone right here. will be coming. The and Lord he will turn him, the hearts. Yes. So Isaiah Isaiah seven fourteen. The Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall and shall call his name Emmanuel. God is with us, um, and that is a reference to protection, specifically the house of David, not actually among us. Um, that's not this prophecy, though. That is not this prophecy. I All see right. that now. I've I jumped ahead, actually. Um, that's my fault. That's okay. I know it's Isaiah somewhere. I can look it up real quick. Here you go. Malachi. Malachi 4.6. 4, 6, showing that John the Baptist fulfilled the prophecy, make ready. Possibly an allusion to Isaiah 40. Okay. So it could be two different Old Testament references. But whatever it is, this was Gabriel confirming again for Zechariah, an Old Testament prophecy he would have known by heart. And he would, okay, here's, here's how I kind of think of stuff. Here's how I kind of think of stuff. Lastly, uh, another thing that Zechariah should have known from Old Testament prophecies. Here's, here's a way that I kind of relate things. Um, someone very prominent in, in our generation is let's say elon musk right our kids know who he is we know who he is he's changing the world right in a lot of different ways elijah was like that too right in, in the realm of hebrew um history okay right. so imagine if my son had this situation happen with an angel coming to him and and uh they were like listen jet your son is going to be like Elon Musk, bro. And Jet's head would have been like, what? Right. My son's going to be like Elon Musk? To me, I think this is the exchange that's happening with Gabriel and Zechariah. Right. Not just words for sake of no words. Right. Um, and the other thing before we quit, I want to know, why. what in your opinion, what makes this important for Luke to put? Every other author skips this. Why a Gentile writing to... Um, I think it for, I think it for one shows his, um, it's like the amount of effort he put into it. Okay. His whole, um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. It's, um, like research, right? His okay. level of research, like okay. this is what I have found from ev everything that I've researched um, I have a feeling that Luke spent probably quite a few years working on this. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just to show the, th the thoroughness. Okay. Is what the word I was looking for. How the thoroughness of his research, I think is what, um, this proves. Yes. I also wanted to, uh, I think a lot of the reason that we get this full, interaction between Zacchaeus and Gabriel is to point out um because here's the thing if 
No, obviously Zacchaeus, righteous. Zechariah. Just so oh, you know, I did say Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Right. <laughs> I'm still getting over the flu, apparently. Zechariah, um, obviously he wasn't drinking or under any influence of anything because right. he was righteous in the temple. Right. However, he could have very easily played it off as that was a hallucination. Like this whole creature that I saw with all these eyes and yeah. wings and... That was just a like hallucination. Me. I don't. What was that? That was crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. But Gabriel provides him with too much detail. Detail, bro. Yeah. That anyone else at the time would not have recognized mm. because they were not studied in everything that had happened in the Torah up to that point. Mm. So, or Zechariah to be. A priest, is that what is that the word they yeah, use? He's, he's a, a priest, Levite, yeah. a Levite priest. He would have had to have known basically the Torah Everything. forward and backward. Yes, he could have. Re- he he should have been able to uh, recite it from memory. Right mm-hmm. at this point, to be a Levite priest at this level, he probably I mean, could have been able to recite it from memory it all day, every day, <laughs> every yeah. day. Right. Yeah. Um. So to that point, there was no way that. The Zechariah could have left the temple right. and said, that was just some crazy hallucination. Correct. Gabriel proved to him through referencing the prophecy, this is 100% yeah. exactly what's about to happen to you. Bro, I, I love that. I agree. I think that's a very good point because that to me shows God's mercy right. with these creatures called humans that <laughs> need so much reassurance and so much confirmation and right. we just doubt all the time. We, we doubt constantly. And, and the Lord was so gentle with Zechariah to say this, here's another confirmation. Here's another confirmation. I'm real. This is happening. And here's how you can tell. Um, right. And then as we'll read next time, what was the outcome? You know, because right here, this is beautiful so far. Right. But there's a little turn that happens after this. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think next week is going to be when we uncover that. The one thing I wanted to just touch on, and maybe we'll call this the the title for this. It doesn't have to be, but it, it would be a good one. Um, I, I think Luke was covering all these details for Theophilus uh, to, to start to uh, fulfill what his mission statement was. Like if you look at verse four, so that you may have certainty, right? Concerning the things you have been taught. Right. He's building up this story that Theophilus knows. Right. He's giving him every detail possible from the beginning. He's telling, hey, priestly line, priestly line, angel, confirmation of Old Testament scripture from the Septuagint, like that Theophilus would have probably been reading. Um, I just think that so far up to this point, and I think continually, Luke's message is, is so that you may have certainty in what you believe. And I think that's what we do too. That's our goal, bro. Right. So that whoever's listening, if you don't know, you will have certainty. Holler at us, DM us. Any questions? We got a chance to talk to someone in the notes last week. That was awesome. That was share awesome. the gospel. Yeah. This person had questions and we were able to share scripture and who knows, maybe we'll see him in heaven, bro. I don't know. That'd be amazing. Dude, how cool would that be to yeah. get to heaven and this like person you've never seen before walks yeah. up and is like, I want to dap you up. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. who are you, bro? Yeah. And you're like, I'm the dude from YouTube. Yeah. You saved my exactly. soul, bro. Like, yeah. 
That would so anyway, be amazing. That's what it's about to have certainty. Right. And I think that's what Luke's doing and big ups to Luke for that. Amen. Good job, Luke. Shout out to Gentile Luke. 